This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. And greetings today from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly, and we are all set to go on this Wednesday. All Pelicans today on the podcast. Unfortunately, the season came to a close last night as the Warriors eliminated the Pelicans four games to one. The final score was 113 to 104. So the Pelicans finally, I guess, reached the end there, and a better team wins. They'll move on to the Western Conference Finals. Warriors and Rockets should be a very entertaining series. And uh, certainly a great season for the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll look back on it today uh, a little bit. We'll primarily focus in on how the series ended last night, uh, but also to reflect a little bit on the season overall in general. Two great guests to do that today. It is a Wednesday, which means a Wesley Wednesday. Daniel Salerson and David Wesley get together for a recap of uh, Game 5 last night and uh, a little probably reflection on things in general as well before the two of them board the team plane. They are flying back to New Orleans today. And then a little bit later on the show, we'll have Jeff Duncan, lead columnist for the Times-Picayune and NOLA.com. He will come on to talk about kind of maybe an outside-the-building perspective on what we know about the Pelicans uh, moving forward and a look back at the season that was. Certainly a fantastic one that saw 48 wins in the regular season, a sweep of Portland in the first round, and then the uh, series in the semifinals against the defending champs. Uh, look, they got Durant and uh, Curry to combine for 52 on their side last night. Draymond Green uh, nearly triple-doubled. He had two big buckets late to kind of seal the win for uh, Golden State. But what a performance by Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday last night. Uh, Davis finished with, gosh, it was over 30. 34 points and, uh, and rebound-wise, I'm just scanning the box score here. Uh, he had 19 rebounds, I think, at the end of the night. He sure did. 19 rebounds. And Drew Holiday picked up his first postseason triple-double. Outstanding work. Unfortunately, we couldn't see Rondo in the second half. He had a bit of a groin injury, so unable to go in the second half last night. Uh, the third quarter was huge for Golden State. 25-4 to run to start it. I think they outscored the Pelicans 36-19 to in the third. And while New Orleans was able to pull within seven late, just not enough, uh, to finish it off and force a game six back here in New Orleans, which would have been tomorrow night. So all in all, still a great year for the Pelicans and a very interesting offseason ahead, something that we'll be uh, looking forward to and uh, tipping on uh, perhaps in our uh, Friday Black and Blue Report. That will be our final podcast as well of the uh, Saints slash Pelicans year. So we'll we'll sprinkle in a little of both to kind of wrap things up. But today it's uh, all Pelicans and we'll reflect back with uh, two fantastic guests. Again, David Wesley coming up in just a moment. A little bit later, Jeff Duncan will join us from the Times-Picayune and NOLA.com. Uh, I'm sure, by the way, on, on their radio show this morning, Duncan Holder, there was plenty of Pelicans talk as well. So we'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll take you out west and to visit with Daniel Sowerson and David Wesley. I'm sure they're in some coffee shop uh, nearby the team bus heading for the airport. And then Jeff Duncan joins me here on the telephone from Studio B. Stay with us. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us. 
the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Guess what day it is? Hump day! Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, normally it's Sean Kelly with David Wesley here on the Black and Blue Report, part of a Wesley Wednesday, and on the road it's usually a coffee shop, and we are in a coffee shop now, but with a little bit of ambiance here, David, we found one with some with some great music, and uh, nice to have you on, my friend. It's nice to be here, and um, not good to be here on such a, a down note, but a good note for the Pelican season. So let's before we talk about the season, let's talk about this series with Golden State. You do pick up a game, a huge game three win, but of course it's the defending champs. What, what do you take away from this series as far as the Pelicans are concerned? Well, I, I think they they gave them a good fight. They, they they played a better team, and certainly when Steph Curry came back, um, they were basically playing on all cylinders. And most of the series, they didn't have an answer uh, for Kevin Durant. Um, and the closeout game, they Golden State Warriors played an excellent game. I mean, the Pelicans fought. They got it close a couple of times, made a run at just before the half, uh, and made a run just before the end of the game. But the third quarter cost them too much, too far to come back from. But handed to the Warriors, they played like champs. Going back to even the last series against the Portland Trailblazers, you saw some big steps from Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. What did you like about their performance, not only in the Portland series, but here in the Golden State series as well? Well, you said it. They took a big step forward in their development and and getting to see the playoffs, getting to the second round for the first time. uh, It's got to be good for their confidence going forward, uh, going into next year. They've learned a lot from each other with Rondo being on the team and and showing them how leadership looks. Um, I I think it's been great for all of them. Miritich now, after coming off a half a season with the Pelicans, uh, can go into the the offseason and and the next season um, knowing what to expect for the following season. Um, And and I think, you know, they made some great strides. Now, can they keep this group together and, and... and, and all that, that'll be the big question for this team. But I think they certainly should go into next season feeling pretty good about what they what they have around them. You mentioned the playoff experience, and you've been this through this before where you play in your first or second playoff series. How much does that help those guys as far as now knowing what it takes to get to this level for next season? Well, you, you know, it, it's one thing, especially where they came from. Early in the season, it was kind of back and forth, back and forth hovering around 500. Then they catch a stride, they hit some bumps in the road, and then they catch another streak where uh, they go into the playoffs playing well. And so at any point in the season, they should never be down, and they should look back on this and say, well, we can still get to the playoffs. We still know what it takes to get there. And then, of course, when they go in the playoffs, they can go in the playoffs with confidence. Once you've played in the playoffs, there's nothing like it. And you have that that confidence about you especially when you go into it healthy uh, ready to play and certainly on a good note like they did this year if i told you after boogie went down with that injury that on may 8th the pelicans will be end- would be ending their season what would you have told me well when he went down i was thinking uh oh and i think a lot of people were thinking uh oh 
uh, because they kind of started that streak with him playing and playing differently and playing well, and they figured out something. So when he goes down, that, that you know that's automatic twenty-five and twelve. You take out of uh, out of the production, and where do they get it from? Who knew Miritich would come and fill that void adequately and and really come to life and, and start learning some things and, and figuring out his spots and they would be able to make the runs they made. It, it was actually pretty exciting. You know, we, this is my sixth year, and this was um, as exciting as as three years ago when they played the Warriors and, and lost in four. And, um, and this year they swept a number three seed and, and, and played hard against Golden State. Let's talk about some of the role guys that really stepped up for the Pelicans. Ian Clark, one of them coming from that Golden State team. And I thought Darius Miller, Pelicans fans are a little worried about Miller just based on how he played when he was with the Hornets and then he was overseas for a little bit. But I thought both of those guys had a nice season for the Pelicans off the bench. And I do too. I think they they did an excellent job in, in playing their roles. They didn't try to do too much, and neither one of them did. They just went out there, played hard, and, and for the most part, got the job done. Timely scoring, defense, um, being in the right places, um, and and certainly another building block for their young careers. Where you know they got an opportunity, they got some playoff experience. Um, obviously, Ian Clark has been all the way you know to the top of the heat. But um, you know, again, more playing time, more um, significant down the stretch, making big shots. They have to have great confidence going into next year as well. I know I've been going back and forth with some of the players, but I do want to go back to Drew just not only for his playoff play, but his regular season play. And this is his first year on his brand-new contract. But even though he didn't make the all-star team, David, I feel like this was an all-star type year for Drew Holiday. No question about it. it it's his best season as a pro. Um, and it seemed like he got stronger towards the end of the season, which is hard to do in a long 82-game season. Um, he took charge at times. He took charge when, when it was necessary. In the final game, he took charge. I mean, he ended up with a triple-double, which blew my mind because I didn't even realize it. But um, I think it's been an exceptional season for him, uh, one that should get him some end-of-the-season honors, second team, third team, All-NBA. Uh, but certainly I think it's given notice to the rest of the people that don't watch the Pelicans on a night-to-night basis how good he really is. And I can't believe I've gone six and a half minutes without mentioning Rajon Rondo, how important he has been for this team with the playoff experience and just how the offense looked once he came back from injury. I mean, without Rondo, who knows what this team would have been. That is, that's that's a very good uh, statement there because it, it's scary to think because he was so good uh, in his leadership, in his leadership on the floor, the way he set guys up, the way he knew – uh, how to push the right buttons, say what's on his mind. Um, he gained so much confidence from Alvin Gentry to do and be the coach on the floor, um, but he was exceptional. And um, I think with the Pelicans this year, had two or three games of 20-plus assists. I mean, one twenty plus in the playoffs. I mean, outstanding the, the, the kind of player he is, and, and hopefully – uh, they will find a way to get him back here next year. I know we're only less than 24 hours after this game has ended, but of course everyone now starts to look forward uh, to the off season and what's to come for this Pelicans team. Without going too deep into it, 
What's next for them? What 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 do the Pelicans need during this offseason to maybe take that next step and maybe trying to get the a top four seed in the Western Conference next year? I, I think you know a, a small forward, you know a, a small forward with a little bit of size, um, shooting in this offense has got to be something that they always look at. Uh, I, I think they have to add to their depth uh, in any way possible uh, that they can. And then they have to figure out the the big elephant in the room. What do they do with Cousins? And, and what is that situation going to turn out to be? I, I'm glad that I'm not making those decisions. I'm glad I'm not in the front office because that's a tough one. You know, a guy like Cousins with extreme talent coming off a Achilles injury, What's the number? What's the years? What's, you know, how far do you take it? And and um, and this team playing so well, does that help Cousins or not help Cousins? You know, it's 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 a lot of questions to be answered. I'm just glad I'm not the one answering them. And also, did we get enough sample size with Cousins on the floor to kind of really determine what this team could be with him? You had a half a season when we got traded from the All-Star or the trade deadline at the All-Star break. But then also this season, he plays – up to Jan- late January and then gets hurt. In your eyes, did you get enough of a sample size to see what this team could be with DeMarcus Cousins? You know, I, I think it, it's about 65, 70 games that we've seen with Cousins. So, uh, you know, even if you throw out the first 20 due to learning each other, maybe even the first 30, I, I think there's enough there to kind of get an idea uh, to see what uh, it could be. You see how well they played at times. You also see how, I don't want to say bad, but. Um, You've seen pros and cons. Yeah, absolutely. Pros and cons to, 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 to him. And I think it's enough of a sample size to do whatever you decide to do. Fair enough. Before I let you go, let's talk about this Western Conference Finals and how it will take place between the Rockets and the Warriors. I feel like. At the beginning of the season, everyone kind of anticipated this might be the matchup heading into this their first game on Monday. What excites you about this matchup between the top two seeds in the West? Well, you know, this is the first time uh, ever or, or since they started keeping turnover stats or something I just heard that two teams averaging 112-plus uh, per 100, possess- 100 possession. Um which is outstanding. So you know you're going to get high scoring. You know you're going to get great shooting. Um, spread the floor up and down. Um, and can they not the best team off the mountain? And Golden State Warriors are defending champs, and uh, they're the team to beat. But, oh, my goodness. Golden, I mean, Houston looks awfully tough and awfully good. And I'm looking forward to this series. I, I'm, I really am. I can't wait to see how this all plays out and, and how well, who steps up, uh, you know, great storylines there. You got, you know, Harden leading the MVP race. Uh, I, I thought that uh, Chris Paul went to the Western Conference Finals with the Hornets, but I guess this is his first time to the Western Conference Finals. Um, so that's a great story. And, and, of course, you know, can the Warriors defend? And, you know, they're thinking about winning another championship. Well, they have to go through the Rockets. Well, David, I enjoyed listening to you and Sean's conversation every Wednesday night. Brought a lot of great insight. And, of course, I don't get to hear it a lot, but I'm sure you do a great job with Joel and Jen on the broadcast <laughs> since I'm in the radio studio and can hear 
But I appreciate it as always, and I look forward to next season with you guys. Yep, thanks a lot, and have a good offseason. All right, we'll take a break. Sean will be back from Studio B. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report podcast. We continue on this Wednesday with a lot of Pelicans talk. And after we've now heard from David Wesley, I wanted to kind of move the scope out a little bit further. And as I talked about in the first segment, we're very pleased to have Jeff Duncan, the lead columnist for Nolan.com and the Times-Picayune, and also co-host of Duncan Holder on the radio, uh, to join us to help give a little different perspective, something outside of the house a little bit, something on a more global scale as we look back on this playoff series and the season. Jeff, great to have you. I'm glad we're catching you here at the end of the season uh, before you get a little break yourself. Yeah, happy to be uh, joining you, Sean. And um, I'm with you. You know, right after the Saints season, we roll right into heavy Pelicans coverage. And, uh, look, they, they made a great step this season and going as far as they did, a surprisingly successful season uh, that takes us into May. It's nice to be talking about the Pelicans in May because we haven't done that in a while. No, it has been a long while, and certainly this one had its own unique feel. Dunk, speaking of unique, what was unique about this team in your eyes? Well, I think the fact that they had to kind of reinvent themselves a couple of times, uh, it's, cred- it's a credit to the players, the leaders of the team, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, and to the coaching staff, uh, that they had to overcome such a significant blow in losing DeMarcus Cousins and were successful in doing it. And this team showed a lot of resiliency, a lot of fight, and uh, was very close, I think, on and off the court. And that you could see it when you watch them play. They genuinely liked each other and, and fought for each other. And I think that was a key to their run uh, when a lot of other teams, I think, frankly, could have folded up the tent. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you there. Uh, Dunk, did they just simply run into a better team? Is that how we should look at the second-round series? Yes, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, I mean, the Golden State Warriors, as you know, Sean, are, when they have Steph Curry out there, he's the straw that stirs the drink, and he just makes everyone else better around him, even though it doesn't look to me like he's quite back, and that's understandable. I mean, he's not the same driving force that he was. Uh, and that's going to take him a little while to get back. But he just adds so much to the rest of the lineup. And I think Golden State-Houston is going to be one of the epic uh, series we've ever seen in the NBA. These two teams are clearly the best in the Western Conference. And going on the road and playing Golden State uh, and, and, and trying to overcome a history of losing in that arena, I think was just too much considering some of the adversity the Pelicans had to overcome this year with losing Cousins. I agree with you, and the series is fantastic. I wish we didn't have to wait till Monday for it to start up. There'll be a long gap here uh, in between, much like what the Pelicans had to go through between rounds one and two. Um, Dunk, what did Anthony Davis do for his story or his legacy this season? 
Well, I think he clearly established himself as one of the top five players in the league, and that's saying something because I think we're in a kind of a golden era here with superstar players. He's the best big man in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, you can say uh, that he has established himself as a franchise player. He, he has understood what that means, and I think it has embraced it. And I don't think the Pelicans could ask for anything more from someone uh, he's the perfect fit for a small market like New Orleans. He genuinely enjoys New Orleans, understands it, wants to be here, and that's critical for the future of this franchise as they try to compete in a league that has, frankly, a different business model than, say, the NFL or Major League Baseball. These small markets have to do it a certain way, I think, to be competitive, and you have to get a player like Davis through the draft and retain him. And now I think with the moving parts that are going to be in place this offseason, a lot of important decisions for Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry and Mickey Loomis and the rest of the front office, uh, they've got to go forward knowing that they've got these two pillars in place, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, who's emerged as well. Uh, the future is bright for New Orleans Pelicans and for New Orleans Pelicans fans. Jeff, you wrote a column earlier this week about Dell Demps, and this being, as I think you called it, a season of redemption for him. How does Dell Demps take a season of redemption and, and move forward? Well, he hit on every move he made this year, Sean. I mean, if without some of his roster management, uh, I don't think they would have been able to make the progress that they made. And he, he pulled a rabbit out of his hat and getting that deal done uh, for Nico Miritich. I mean, this team, as you know, you were covering the team at that time. I mean, they, they were struggling trying to adjust without Cousins. And Miritich gave them the boost down the stretch, I think, to get them over the hump. And you've got to credit Dell Demps with uh, building a roster around Davis and and fitting in the pieces that fit what Alvin Gentry and his staff wanted to do. Now they've got some big decisions this offseason. What do they want to do with DeMarcus Cousins? I'm sure they want him back. But it's more complicated now coming off that Achilles tendon rupture. Uh, you know, Do you want to max contract him? Do you feel comfortable doing that? I think DeMarcus Cousins wants to play here. Everything I've seen from him and Rajon Rondo is they want to be a part of this going forward, but it's complicated by money, as always, in this league. Uh, can they sacrifice, potentially, some of the money that would they could maybe find on the open market to be a part of this winning culture, this positive environment that has been established here by Dell Demps and by Alvin Gentry and, frankly, by Anthony Davis, who I think is the perfect franchise player and then he's so unselfish that he gets players like DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo to buy into the program. It's interesting, very interesting. Jeff, one of the big reasons I wanted to visit with you today is because I think well, more so than I can but maybe more so than anybody else in the market you're able to take the temperature of the city or the fan base. What what happens moving forward after watching the Pelicans kind of grab a hold of the New Orleans sports fan and taking him along for a good ride here, how does that move forward? Is it is it a better foundation? Is it a, a flash in the pan? How would you gauge what happens here with regard to New Orleans and the fan base? I think it's lit, lit enough of a spark that that end-of-season run, the, the sweep of Portland, for people now to feel confident that the franchise is on a sound foundation, that, that they're going to, be a contender here for the foreseeable future with Davis and Holiday. 
Uh, I think it was precarious there, frankly, and that's why I think that deal for Miritich was so important uh, because it could have gone the other way. It was so competitive in the Western Conference. Uh, this fan base was frustrated, I think, for a long time. The stops and starts, a lot of it, you know, was out of the Pelicans' hands with injuries. They've had a lot of bad luck. Uh, so, frankly, I think they needed to make the playoffs this year to kind of capture the fan base. I can tell you this, Sean. Uh, we had days where the Pelicans were at NOLA.com, the Times of were the most read stories, three or four of the top most read stories on our entire website in a certain day. That just frankly has not happened, and I think that's indicative of the interest level that we've seen. There were many times this year where I would go out in the city and have to ask to put Pelicans games on, and they would be in the middle of a big game down the stretch. And it, I was incredulous that we lived in a market as sports-crazed as it is that wasn't tuning in to what the Pelicans were doing. That wasn't the case in the playoffs. Everywhere I went when they were on the road, everybody was engaged. And that, to me, is a very positive sign. Is it a flash in the pan? I don't think it is. I think people have seen enough of this team, and the way they carried themselves I think was very important. It wasn't just that they were winning. It's the way they're winning, together, doing the right things, saying the right things. That's important in this city. And while New Orleans is, is not traditionally a huge basketball town, there hasn't been a great basketball history here, there is a significant part of this population that loves basketball and, and is into the Pelicans. And I think more than anything, New Orleanians love New Orleans. They love anything that represents this city in a positive light. And the Pelicans did that down the stretch, and so I do think that will carry over. Into the regular season, too, you think? Yes, I, I do. Okay. I, I don't know if it will be at the level uh, that we saw down the stretch here with, with the attendance but I do think it'll be enough to where people will re-up some tickets. And I know that was an issue, uh, frankly, from some in the front office. They weren't seeing a lot of re-ups. I think that will help uh, and get people to say, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot and buy into it. But, but we're always going to struggle here in November and December during the middle of football season with the polls for the Saints and LSU. I think we'll always struggle to that degree. But I do think – uh, the, the the significant progress this team made going as far as they did, sweeping Portland, I think saved basketball, at least in, in this regime, uh, for the foreseeable future. Wow. Well, I mean, on the surface, that would seem dramatic, but I, I, maybe not. No, I'm, I understand what you're saying. I just think it lit a fire in people, and people enjoy it. Look, you know this. People love going to Pelicans games. They, they do a great job with entertainment there. Uh, but but you got to have a basketball team that wins to keep people, and I think they've seen now enough progress. But I think this off season's important too. People are going to be watching Dell Demps and, and the front office and what they do in trying to retain this core. And if they don't retain certain players, who they bring in to keep the momentum going? Because I do think it's a critical off season. You know, it reminds me actually, Jeff. I think you bring up something really important here—a bit of a cautionary tale as to what happened after the 2008 team reached the same level. Second round, Game 7 against the Spurs, unable to really keep that core together. And it crumbled down the stretch of the George Shin ownership. Um, and we saw what happened then. Beyond that, when when there was the, the, the rumored trade or the attempted trade of Tyson Chandler to Oklahoma City, it gets rescinded because of his toe, and then it just seemed to unravel from there. It came... Is that too far back, or is that still fresh enough that 
that should serve as, I guess, a caution. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, Sean. And I made that uh, similar point on Duncan Holder today that the organization cannot afford to rest on its laurels. I mean, this was a very precarious, competitive situation down the stretch. I mean, they were a couple of losses away from not making the playoffs at all, and it could have all fallen apart because the West is so competitive because you know teams like Utah, Minnesota, these young cores are going to keep getting better. And so the, the Pelicans, while they made progress this year, while they took a significant step, uh, it could have easily gone the other way, and, and they could have missed the playoffs, and then who knows what would have happened here with the fan base, uh, with the players on the roster. But now that they've uh, you know, energized the city, energized the roster, I think the players, the veteran leaders have bought in, they've got to continue forward and build around this core that they've got in place, however they feel is best to do it, you know, whether it's retaining what they have, adding to it, mixing it up, but they've got to continue to go forward because it every otherwise they'll be they'll be going backwards in this competitive environment that is the Western Conference. I don't think anything I heard from the locker room yesterday indicated anybody's resting on the laws. I enjoyed hearing and was encouraged hearing Anthony Davis as disappointed as he was because when you have a player like Davis, winning titles should be the goal, not just getting to the playoffs. And I got the sense that there was extreme disappointment from the leader of this team. And they want to win a title here, and you can do it with a player of Davis's caliber. Yeah, totally fair, totally fair, and I agree. Jeff Duncan, one more thing before I let you go: Did you have a favorite moment, game, interview uh, from your time with the Pelicans this past season? Well, it, it was kind of bittersweet, Sean, but I definitely did. Uh, that night, the, the the Marcus Cousins was unfortunately injured. Uh, that night, beating the Rockets in the middle of their run that they were in. Uh, and the arena, the environment that it was in, as well as the Pelicans played, that to me uh, signaled the potential of this franchise, the potential of this team, that they could take out the team that had the best record in the, se- of the entire season when they were playing as good as they did. Uh, that was an extremely, I think, encouraging night, uh, not only for the Pelicans, but I think for sports in New Orleans, that basketball is going to be back here. And, and it validated frankly, Del Demps and Alvin Gentry, the plan that they've had in place because they've had so much adversity to overcome to see it all come together that night with the two bigs dominating the way they did, uh, I think was a very special moment. Sure was. And I've probably taken up more time than you bargained for, but I always enjoy our visits. Jeff, thank you very much. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I'll see you down the road soon. Yes, sir. Enjoy some time off. He's Jeff Duncan, obviously lead columnist for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune and co-host of Duncan Holder on your radio at Sports 1280. Uh, That'll do it for us on this Wednesday. As I promised you, two good guests. Uh, They helped us really carry the load today, and that's Jeff Duncan, obviously, and David Wesley, too. Thanks again to uh, Daniel Salerson and Cindy Robinson assisting here in Studio B today at the Osher Sports Performance Center. Uh, Cindy will be a part of our podcast on Friday. We'll have a lot more for you uh, in our final black and blue report of the season. Can you believe that? We'll be wrapping things up. I know it. Uh, But again, thanks for making us a part of your Wednesday today. And again, a little bittersweet here. Celebration of a great season for the Pelicans, but also the disappointment of seeing it come to a close last night. More to come on that, obviously, as we move forward. And certainly when we look back on the entire sports year uh, on Friday, we'll be thinking about postseason for the Pelicans and the Saints, both reaching the second round. What a great year it was uh, in the uh, what we call the sports calendar of 17-18 
And uh, and that just means OTAs are right around the corner on the football side. It never stops. And that'll do it for us. Thanks again. I'm Sean Kelly. See you next time here on the Black and Blue Report.